Hey everybody, we'll get this thing rolling here in a minute. Still working on getting some intro music. I think it'd be dope to have some intro music. I'll get that going. That's on me. We'll get that going soon enough. And I see we've got the Emperor here. Do you go by Maximiliano? Or do you go by what do you like to go by? I want to make sure I address you correctly, sir. Hey, however you like. I'll take Emperador, I'll take Maximiliano, Max, whatever you, whatever's easiest. I love it. Well, I was born and raised in the Sonoran Southwest, so I'll probably mix it up and go through all, all of those variations. So I appreciate you being here, man. Yeah. I, yeah. I might have to ask you your thoughts on Mercado Libre here a little bit because, uh, yeah, get your actual uh, experiences there. And uh, I, I liked your thoughts on it. Or I think it was last week or earlier this week we, we mentioned it. But uh hope to get into that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm big, big fan of Mercado Libre, and and on, I'd heard of it, but until I moved down here, I, I live in Central Mexico, so until I moved down here uh, about a year and a half ago, I did not realize how big it was uh, and what all it, it expands into. So, big, big fan of that. Excited to talk about it. Nice. Yeah, for sure. So that's definitely a good one. Let's see. We'll get a few other folks on stage. We'll get into it. We got Blind Luck joining us. We got Joe. We got Kay. The Dividend Dog is here. There's invites out. Awesome. This is good. Solid panel uh, yet again. We always have a good panel every week. Appreciate everybody tuning in. We do this every Tuesday and Wednesday at the same time, 8 p.m. Eastern. And on Tuesdays, we get into stock market talk. And, and we got lot to talk about today but the biggest thing everybody's paying attention about actually if sharky joins us i'll have to call him out he posted it, it was perfect he's like the earnings calendar for the week and the only thing on there was uh nvidia and that's basically i mean it's not that's the only thing anybody's talking about and that's tomorrow right so that'll move markets and uh super interested to hear if anybody has strong opinions on that uh particular events like I mean, we could definitely see more upside. They can, they surprised me last time, and uh, after having a huge beat and move higher, then they just did it again and, and guided even stronger. And so they have big numbers to hit tomorrow, but if they can hit them and then continue to guide higher, I mean, it could be impressive. So we'll have to see how that goes. That, that's, that's definitely, you know, top of everybody's list that's trading and investing, I imagine. Well, possibly not investors, you know, longer-term horizon, but top of everybody's list because of the fact that markets are here at, you know, the highs and uh, near all-time highs and um, just have some really nice runs here extended with semiconductors really leading the way, big tech leading the way. And uh, now we're at this point where if we get big names, like we had SMCI give a ton back, we have NVIDIA here coming up tomorrow, they could um, you know, potentially not guide, you know, strong enough, or there could just be something that would, you know, cause markets to finally pull back on this name. But at the same time, I mean, they could push it much, much higher. And if semiconductors are going to move higher in, in lockstep with NVIDIA, I mean, the markets, I think, will just follow. So super interesting. Um, another thing to consider is the end of February is typically, you know, like, uh, I think Jaguar was talking about earlier on the space of Wolf that you get into mid-February, the, the February 15th to, Jan to March 15th, basically time frame is seasonally weak. And you tend to get some weakness in the markets and selling 
So we'll have to see if that plays out this year. I mean, we've definitely had a nice enough run to absorb that after the beginning of the year. So, yeah, lots to, to really think through. Huge year ahead as well, like a lot of different variables uh, with the elections coming up. We've got all the different decisions around rate hikes. So, you know, there's that those things play into my stock picking decisions. I, I have certain sectors I'm definitely interested in and then certain stocks that I'm definitely interested in. I'll get into, we'll definitely get into those. I want to hear from the panel though, you know, what their thoughts are on current conditions and, and tomorrow's, if there's any comments on the NVIDIA earnings and uh, yeah, what stocks, if any, are really jumping out right now, like, or any strategies that you're employing with real, with uh, your trading or investing. I'd love to hear all of it. So we'll definitely make our way around um, the room. I'm going to kick it over to Blind Luck here first. If you are available, sir, it'd be nice to hear from you. How are you doing today? Uh, doing doing good. You guys are more active in the trading department than I am. But um, yeah, this week uh, my goal is to buy some more tilt. Uh, I've been talking about that for the last month straight, probably just loading up on nice. the treasuries. Um, Nvidia, I'm watching. I, I think that's really going to move the market one way or the other. It's it's just going to steer this whole ship. Are we going to keep hitting new all time highs, or is this going to maybe be a start of a consolidation period? So really interested in what Nvidia is going to do. Uh, we're already seeing some down movement. I think NVIDIA was down over 4% today. So, um, yeah, it, it's going to be a mover. And then um, I did do something kind of stupid. I bought some calls on um, New York Community Bank. Um, the thesis there is maybe they'll get bailed out. The calls are super cheap. Um, and I'm controlling a lot of shares. So it's kind of like if they got if some good news comes out there, I, I could have a nice little lottery ticket. Definitely not recommended. It's just kind of my YOLO account as something fun to do. Oh, what was that ticker? I missed it. Um, New York Community Bank, NYCB, the one that's, you know, possibly going under. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So you yolo some calls there. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah, you look at the July. chart. Go ahead. Oh, go, no, no. Finish your thought. Well, I, I bought them out in July, so I have a fair amount of time. Um, and I was paying like 10 cents a contract. They're super cheap. Um and yeah, we'll just we'll just see what happens, you know. If if, if something positive happens, um, the stock will probably go up, and I'll be able to collect. And if they go under, they go under. I lose my money. Yeah, yeah. You, you're basically using options, so you're not out, you know, putting out a ton of your own capital uh, on a speculative play here. And you have the huge gap down. I'm looking at the chart here for NYCB, and you had a huge gap down, and you know, on on their earnings call, and now it's kind of it dipped much lower to where from where we're at right now which is back above 450 and uh yeah that's interesting man i like it you got a lot of time so if there is a good catalyst and it does recover you could see uh, some a nice win there so that's an interesting uh, approach and yeah uh, i mean like you know the market has really beat it down with all this negative news and you know if, if if the worst case scenario does not happen the stock will probably recover some so that's where call options can come in handy you limit your uh, capital outlay, but you can kind of control a lot of the shares and um, maybe capitalize on it. Yep, I like it, man. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And uh, yeah, you mentioned TLT, which I like that you bring that up because uh, we've got a lot, lot of things going on in the markets right now and diversifying and making sure you have an income to couple with your equity positions. Like, this, these are smart things. So, um, yeah, I appreciate it, man. I'll, I'll definitely want to hear more from you as we go around the panel here, but I'm going to keep swinging around. And, uh, you know, like I mentioned, we got the big NVIDIA earnings tomorrow. 
should be interesting. Uh, Emperor, do you have any comments on that? Do you have any thoughts one way or another? What direction we, we think things might go with respect to NVIDIA? Not that we're predicting or no financial advice here, of course, but uh, yeah, man, it's been crazy on their earnings the last couple of rounds. Yeah, NVIDIA is an interesting one. And I'm one of the, I may be in the minority here that I I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Um, that's, I, I just, the, the implied move is massive. I think it's like 70 points each way, uh, over 11%. Um, the, the, you've got a couple things that kind of disagree with each other in a way. They've they beaten raise, beaten raise, beaten raise. At what point do we do we come back to, you know, do we mean revert? Or do they just, or we keep following the trend? Because of that itself, I'm not trading it. I'm not, I just, I don't want any part of it, but I'm going to be super attentive to it because of how much it can affect the broader market right now. I mean, we had two red days in a row in the market. Uh, a lot of people I think are overreacting to that a little bit. I mean, we need to come back down, um, correct just a little bit there. But um, in, NVIDIA, yeah, it sold off pretty hard today. It's still uh, still way up here if you look at it on a broader perspective. Zoom out and look left. It's still still super super high. Um, I see predictions both ways. I I honestly do not have any inclination either direction on Nvidia. Uh, and and I don't even want to stick my neck out and say which one maybe. Hold a gun to my head. Go with the beaten race. <laughs> yeah yeah I'm with you man. I mean. It's definitely ridiculously speculative. And I actually really like what you said there about what what if it doesn't do either, right? What if it just kind of is a nothing burger? That that would probably burn more people, um, you know, as far as taking positions on either side than right. uh, if it picked a direction, right? Yeah, so you, you, you have – I feel like a lot of people are missing and forgetting how often both sides get burned in earnings. Uh, I guess we've seen so many blowouts recently, and uh, and even today we saw, you know, with Palo Alto and uh, Solar Edge and some of those names getting beat up. I think some people are uh, forgetting. Hey, a lot of times you get the premium burn, and they just pin it in the middle. That that almost makes the most sense for me. Where where are the most people going to get caught off sides and lose money? That's where a market maker would, if I'm thinking like them, would want to pin it. So, but they can't control the earnings report either. So it, it'll be interesting. Um, but I do think that's the option. A lot of people are not considering is that we go back into the consolidation phase. Um, we saw the consolidation phase when it was in the 400 to 500 range for a good while. And I still think this is a range up here, maybe 750 on the top end and in the 600s in the bottom end, I think we could create another range here where it just kind of consolidates for a while. Yeah, makes sense to me. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing your thoughts on that. And uh, it, it's just one of those things where we've had such an incredible run um, and the news has been just constantly positive from this, from NVIDIA that, um, yeah, it, it's kind of, it would be incredible to see it do it again. So I'm here for it. I mean, I am uh, overweight and semiconductors in my long-term portfolio. I trade them pretty heavily in the short term as well. And so, I'd like to see more upside, but yeah, when I zoom out and look at like the uh, the chart, the monthly and, and weekly charts, like they just, they look more and more, um, I, you could say great, but also you might say a little scary and extended. So 
uh, we'll see. We'll see how things go tomorrow. And and you know, you mentioned too Palo Alto today. That if you guys if you guys out there listening didn't see P A N W, you know, gave back basically all their their games from 2024. So seeing that a couple times here recently with a couple of names just giving back huge amounts of earnings in a short amount of time, right? SMCI in a couple of days gave back quite a bit. Kay, I know we talked about it. And uh, I'd be curious what your thoughts are on going into NVIDIA tomorrow. And then, you know, if you have any stocks that you're looking to, we were just talking about the you know, utilizing the options and and the IV crush after these earnings calls. I don't know if you have any particular plays that you're looking at with respect to collecting some premium, but love to hear it. Hey, Nate. Hey, everybody. Good evening. Um, so I think Palo Alto, the interesting piece is that, of course, they are down 20% because of poor guidance, but we have two other stocks that are CrowdStrike. I believe they report earning next week and Zscaler. And they are either Zscaler reports next week and the other one reports the following week, something of that sort. But those two in the cybersecurity space, I guess, with Palo Alto's uh, future guidance or the, or the 2024 guidance being weak, It'll be interesting to see how CrowdStrike and Zscaler performs because considering a cybersecurity, fast-paced model, we'll see how that goes. Um, as opposed to the NVIDIA, I think um, I will like to remain neutral as well. I mean, it can go both ways since there's a lot of sentiment on uh, the stock probably doing a beat. We could see a surprise like we saw today with Palo Alto on the guidance because remember, in, in order for NVIDIA to keep climbing, they also have to manage their supply chains considering it's a supply, considering the business itself. So any weakness in future guidance uh, may result in a massive surprise. So yeah, I, I would also uh, be you know, in the neutral category, it could move either way. Uh, but I'm looking at AMD. Uh, AMD is a nice range bound, uh, the way we trade. Uh, I haven't looked at Intel lately, but, you know, uh, AMD is definitely on the spot. A couple other stocks that are, I'm looking at is, of course, uh, your favorite Mara that uh, we continue to. Yeah, really. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Datadog is another one uh, on my radar. Nice. So are you um, selling premium, you know, trying to, are you still selling cash secure puts with Mara or um, just curious what you're doing there? Did you ever take a position? So I did have a position and then I sold it off when it ran up, uh, but that was like yeah. a couple months ago. Since then I have been basically doing a cash secure put uh, on Mara and basically I haven't been assigned yet. So I just keep repeating the process. The difference is that I uh, just increase the number of contracts every time, so you collect good premiums on it, and that's how that's the way I generate the income. Yeah, I love it, man. It's it's uh, this is a one of those strategies to me, and I've said it before. I'll just keep repeating myself because I believe in it so much. If you're looking at trading options and you're looking to get into utilizing options, the best way to learn about them, in my opinion, is selling covered. Uh, calls and, and cash secured puts, so covered positions um, and collecting premium. It forces you to learn about options and you're doing so while collecting cash versus outlaying your own and taking, you know, risk with, you know, some flyers and what have you. And it helps you just kind of learn how the, they move and, but you're doing it from the other side as the seller versus the buyer. But I always, you know, stress that you want to have those covered positions. You don't want to sell naked, meaning like there's unlimited loss potential. 
you have a covered call, for example, you're selling and you have those hundred shares, you're selling an option to where if it goes the wrong way against you, you know, those shares are there, you're already covered. There's no, uh, no concern really. It's just a matter of you selling those shares you already own. So anyway, yeah, and, uh, yeah, go ahead, okay. just, yeah, just to, just to wrap this up quickly, because you raised that point, uh, especially if you're new to options, I wouldn't recommend opening margin because if you are doing margin, what and will happen if you even though you're opening a cash secured put, it will be a naked put uh, because the because of the margin requirement. So, for example, let's say if you're opening a AMD, uh, whatever, 150, 160, you might only be required to put maybe three, four thousand dollars considering it's AMD. If it's a more volatile stock, they will put more margin. And that's when you get involved with the margin call in case you start selling a lot more without realizing your balance. So be careful with the margin if you are new to the options world. That's pretty much it from my side. Good call. Appreciate that, man. And uh, that's a that's a definitely good. What do you do with AMD? Are you um, do you own a, you have a position that you're selling calls against, or will you, will yeah, you... I have I have yeah I have both. I have AMD on the long term position as well, so I sell covered calls on that, and I also have AMD on cash secured port. So it's like a weekly, bi weekly. I continue to sell AMD. Thanks for sharing, man. I I know I just I kind of peppered you with questions, and it's and I really appreciate you you know kind of sharing that with everybody. I'm looking at AMD here. And uh, it's just one of the names that I like to trade quite a bit. And you can see it, right? It's It bumps up against 180 and rejects kind of repeatedly since the start of, or the end of January, really. And so for the month of February, it's been up and down, up and down between 180 and 160, call it. So that's an opportunity here to, if you own the shares, you could sell covered calls, you know, right at that 180 level, for example, right as it rejects there and collects a nice premium. Um, you know, that's one way to go about it. Another is selling cash secured puts at around that 160 level, maybe even 155 or so, and uh, collect the premium. And if it dips and you're willing to buy shares at that level, then there you go. You're buying it at a nice lower level than we're at now. Plus, you got that cash. So, yeah, this AMD is moving sideways, man. I'm not surprised to see you taking advantage of that. That makes sense. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, good stuff. I see sharks out there. Get shark on stage and stuff. And we'll keep this thing rolling. Um, definitely, <laughs> man, I, I like tomorrow can't get here fast enough. So, you know, I'm glad you guys are up here sharing your thoughts and talking stocks with me because um, I've been looking at a ton of different sectors and scrolling through a bunch of names. And I shared a couple of them. I got one of my picks this week, actually, in the sector I'm. Uh, starting to get my focus back on, which is energy. But before we get over there, I want to keep keep talking about what our thoughts are on NVIDIA tomorrow. Let's see, who haven't I, I hit up yet? You know, actually, Stocks After Dark, are you uh, available to chime in? I'm curious, do you have any thoughts on NVIDIA earnings tomorrow or how you're planning to trade it? Hey, Nate. Hey, good evening to everybody else. Uh, thanks for inviting me to the Yeah. Um, I, I agree with um, uh, some of the other previous speakers. Um, I think that tomorrow I'm more neutral going to earnings, just um, given the fact that pretty much since what um, I want to say October 2023, or actually, no, even um, I apologize, it was pretty much um, October 2022, right? We went from $100 to what, 750, 740. I mean, so since like you know, 7x. Um, right. We know. We all know that you know the the whole AI buzz and hype. You know, and there was that train. Um, I I just don't know. I think I feel like it's starting to run out a little bit gas in right now, just because from a a like a technical standpoint, 
you know, we need a period of consolidation, just like the others said. I mean, if you look at the weekly, um, you know, we're overextended um, over the 80 and 90 in May. Um, even on, on the monthly, we're very overextended. And if you look at the quarterly, the same thing with the with the quarter as well. Um, so it's just a, a matter of time for me, in my opinion, that we eventually to have a little bit of a retracement in, in consolidation. I mean, just last time when they had earnings beat, um, you know, we saw that, you know, consolidation for, um, you know, a couple months and then eventually it ran up again. I think there's somebody said pointing out it's like around the 400s and whatnot. Um, but based on my own personal trading style, when I use when I allocate um, numbers to candlesticks and whatnot, you know, um, this quarter we have, you know, what, March left. So we have about a week, seven, seven trading days in February and then the whole month of uh, March, you know, to continue this quarter. Um, you know, this is an up quarter. I'm still expecting next quarter, potentially, maybe, depending on where we close on the current quarter, to either um, be an inside quarter or potentially um, a down quarter and whatnot. So just because, um, you know, like I said, this current quarter is, a, is, um, is an up quarter. Last quarter was a, um, a engulfing quarter. So I'm just looking at it from that perspective. But from a technical standpoint, it looks like it's just ready to kind of to do some kind of consolidation or, or a little bit of retracement. And also, if you look at indicators, you know, whether you trade in case nine, whether you believe or not, it's not, not the question. But if you look at RSI, I mean, on every single time frame, it seems like it's, you know, on that, you know, overbought territory, right? And at a certain point in time, we know it's lagging, but eventually it kind of shows us that it will come back down. But from a technical standpoint, that's what I'm looking at. From a fundamental standpoint, um, I, I agree with other couple of speakers that I think it might be a flat and, and kind of this. Uh, a premium killer for for most. I think that most people are hoping and wanting this to go and rock it and and do some kind of epic historical um, blowout and hit past 800 and even maybe I don't know get to a thousand by the summer and then maybe do some kind of stock split. But um, I still think that it's gonna be kind of neutral and it's really gonna be coming down to what the guidance is and what um, Jensen is projecting for the future. And also, you know, what the other markets are you know, going to be looking at NVIDIA, like especially with the China market. But that's kind of what I'm seeing for NVIDIA. Yeah, thanks, Sam. I appreciate you sharing your thoughts there. And, um, yeah, I don't disagree. The, the the things you mentioned there that I, I really that took note of in, in particular that I don't think we had mentioned just yet is they were, were extended from you know, the moving averages effectively is what you're getting at, right? Like whether you're looking at weekly, monthly, um, or daily timeframes, it just launched off of whether, you know, the 50, 20, what have you, um, and pulled away from, if you're looking at volume weighted average price and you do have any anchored, um, you know, anchored VWAP anywhere, you know, we're extended from all of these levels. So you, you expect stocks to pull back to these levels on, at some point, as they cool down and then whether or not they bounce off of them or you know continue through uh is another story but yeah so it's not overly surprising right to see some of this after seeing how extended we've gotten um and then you mentioned up quarter and inside quarter and all of that which i thought was interesting too i don't know if everybody's familiar with exactly what that is um but basically you know if you're looking at if I'm a, and I make sure I got this right, buddy, but uh, you know, you're talking about relative to prior quarters, right? You're just looking at it just like you would be at daily candles. And so we've had a, a, a quarter over quarter increase. Is that what you're getting at from up quarter? Yeah. So um, I, I kind of went over briefly my trading style um, on your last um, 
live space. So when I look at candlesticks, I, I assign a number to it. So if it breaks, like the current candle breaks the previous candle's high or low, or if it breaks the high or low, then I consider it like a number, like a two candle. If um, so if we broke last quarter's high, I consider it a two up candle. If we broke last quarter's low, I'll consider it a two down candle. If we broke both high and low, then I'll consider it a three candle, which in traditional technical um, analysis is considered either bullish or bearish harami. If we are, if the current price action or current candles contained within the previous um, candle, then it's um, it's an inside candle or a one candle or what we have traditionally known as a bullish or bearish harami. So if I'm looking at the current quarter from January to February, we have broken last quarters, which pretty much started in October's high, uh, October through October, um, November, December. So we broke that high, which is around like 504. So this is an up quarter or two up, as I as I call it on my tweets all the time. So this is an up quarter. So in that trade, my numbering system has like a combination. So like this would be like this current quarter would be a, uh, a two, last quarter is a three. So I'm looking for a three, two, two going to the next quarter, which would start in April. And that would be either a two up or a two down. But it all depends on where we close in this current quarter at the end of March. And that will give me a better inclination whether we make a two up for this uh, next quarter, Q2, going to uh, April through May and June. But just looking at that, that's how that's what I mean by when I say an up quarter, because we, we already broke last quarter's high. Beautiful. Thanks for walking us through that, man. And uh, you just remind me, like, if you guys haven't already, give these folks, our speakers on this panel, a follow. They are, you know, always willing to share information. And that's what we do here on Tuesday nights. Which is what I love. Like we get together, share different perspectives, and share all this knowledge and experience, right? Because everybody comes in with different levels of experience, and so I really uh, appreciate hearing different perspectives. And and we've got a wide variety for sure. And we get all kinds of different investors and traders involved in this mix. So I uh, definitely love to hear it across the board. Sharky, I see you got a, got up on stage with us. Uh, I'm not sure if you're able to talk. I know Shark's always trading uh, futures, not always, but could be trading futures around this time or getting ready. So, you able to jump up here and give your thoughts on uh, market conditions and, and your thoughts on NVIDIA tomorrow or any uh, stocks in particular you're looking at? I'm not trading, so, hey. uh, but uh, what's going on? <laughs> uh, I had a good day today, so, but... Um, nice. I, uh, yeah, I think NVIDIA will be interesting that, you know, they, they, you know, maybe the run up that we've seen has been the earnings run and then they're just going to dump it all. You know, I think it's going to have some spectacular numbers because the anticipation's so high, but we'll see, you know, I'm not going to be trading anything into it. Um, you know, I'll just react after the fact, but it certainly will be, um, staying, but you, you kind of dubbed on one of the trades uh, and i'm not in front of the charts actually i just wanted to join in and hang out um uh, but uh love it uh the energy energy trade is looking interesting to me so um i certainly would love to know your thoughts also kind of cool that you're kind of, kind of looking in the same area because you know I, I was looking at cl and uh it seems to be kind of getting into a, an area where it looks like it could potentially want to break out so um, you know, maybe some US o, o calls have been kind of looking at that. Um, and like I said, I'm not in front of the chart, so unfortunately, I can't give you any levels just at the moment, but I will be home shortly. But I'd love to know your thoughts on the trade, yeah, man. No, that's great. I appreciate again, I appreciate you coming hanging out, so it's good. And yeah, that's a nice transition. Let's talk a little bit about energy. Um, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, and it's one of those here's, here's a little insight into my, my watch list, right? 
the the top two sectors that I am most familiar with as far as technicals. I'm not a fundamental analyst. You know, I trade the charts in front of me, but the two sectors I follow the most closely, semiconductors and energy. And they often are not moving in the same direction, which I kind of also like. It's just kind of happened that way that these are the the, the sectors that I became most familiar with because of my interests. But um, they don't always move in the same direction, right? And typically, not typically, but often they move in, in opposite directions, which gives me a lot of different opportunities to look at, right? If, I, if I'm feeling bullish and I want to be trading upside, you know, one of these two is going to more likely than is one of them is going to be looking good and the other one may not. Right. But it's just what I'm getting at is a lot of variety. And XLE is the, the, the sector ETF that I like to look at when I start. Um, and that's just, you know, the the spider selects um, energy sector ETF. There's nothing too fancy about it. Exxon Mobil is a huge weight in there, though. So there is that to consider. Like if you look at the holdings. It is going to sway heavy to the the big names in this in the sector, um, but that being said, they tend to pull everything along with it. And most recently, XLE made a bottom in you know early to mid January, got below eighty dollars a share, and then quickly recovered. And when it recovered, it did so in a big way, pushed right up to eighty four forty four, which is what I've got for. Uh, resistance level and it you know it kind of stayed there and danced for a bit i just had dairy queen blizzard delivered right now this is fantastic all right i'm gonna start talking faster so i can hand the mic over to somebody else okay. winning what's that oh, i missed it i said hashtag winning. yeah buddy i'm uh <laughs> i am always winning when you're having a blizzard there's nothing wrong with this all right fantastic that was a nice surprise and uh, so, yeah, back to the XLE above 84.44 now, right? So what I was getting at is consolidating right underneath this level for a long period. Uh, you call it the last month and it just broke above. It's retesting this 84.40, 84.50 level. And if it gets above 86, I'm talking about XLE, 86 has been resistance going all the way back to Q4 of last year. Um, just tons of resistance. It absolutely has not been able to get over 86 since dropping below it. Um, and so, I mean, literally every attempt has been rejected. So I think if we get a move above, it's going to get moving quickly to 90, like with the quickness, we probably get a pause there um, before continuing on. But I'm looking for that kind of a move, like quick 5% uh, after getting above that 86. So um that looks positive and then in the space you've got a number of names that you know are really starting to wake up energy transfer is actually a pick i like uh, recently broke above its highs which is you know 14 dollars with some resistance it had now it's it's broke above that and then to you know earlier in in january i should say and then just today made a new high so it could be continuing to break out relative strength is really strong here um, and just still room to run. So there's names like this that aren't the big uh, names in the sector that everybody knows. Another one, Viper Energy, which has a pretty sick ticker, VNOM, right, Venom. Um, it's already made its move, but you can just see, like, it's an example of some big breakouts that have been happening after periods of consolidation. Um, what was the other name I was just looking at today? Um, I know there's a lot of reporting on Fang. That's another one that's already taken off into earnings. But you know, again, another thing is Diamondback Energy, 
And these are these names that just continue to pop in the sector. And I think that we're just going to see a little bit more of it. We also might see some M&A activity in the energy sector. And if you see that continuing to pop up, um, that also could be uh, pretty positive and continue to provide catalysts right along the way. There's another name. I don't know why I'm just drawing a blank all of a sudden, but I'll get back to it for sure. But yeah, those are my thoughts. Oh yeah, PXD, Pioneer, that's what it was. I have it uh, published in my newsletter, by the way, which I pinned up top. If anybody wants to go check out a little bit deeper insight on some of my trade ideas, um, definitely check out the Trader's Education. Uh, I, I've got the link in my bio, quick plug there. But uh, yeah, Pioneer Natural Resources, PXD in the energy sector. Nice uh, head and shoulders, reverse head and shoulders pattern and looking to break above 234. And similar to XLE, if it gets above that, it's a level that's been struggling with for a while. I think it could really take off. So yeah, energy's got some names already moving and then others really kind of taking shape, looking like they might want to. And overall, the sector looks like it's found its bottom and is trying to start leveling up. Uh, so that's that's why I've got my interest, and especially with semiconductors looking like they might be overheated. If we do get some selling there, you might get some rotation right out with people taking profits out of these big tech names and out of semiconductors and looking to get into industrials or staples. Like today, staples is the only sector that is doing. Yeah, well, we've been seeing a little bit of that, that move. I noticed on Friday, yep. and I think even today that some of those more defensive sectors, as you mentioned, you know, the industrials, utilities, and, and watch to see if we do see that that shift. And um, you know, I think that that's also healthy, you know, and that's what you want to see ideally. Even if we do have a you know decent pullback in the markets that's it's healthy cycle you know rotation that money's just you know going from each each area of the market so even though we might have some of the high flyers cool off we just have to also understand that these things you know that that's how the, this is how the market works and it's normal and healthy and and it's positive to see money you know if, if we see every sector down then that would obviously be a different story but seeing something still up okay that's okay right you get some money rotating around there i do like to see it so yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm I'm you know constructive on markets overall, but would it wouldn't be surprised to see a bit of a pullback. And if we see it, energy might be that sector or one of those sectors that you see some upside in, um, along with like you know maybe staples. We'll have to see how that goes. Blind luck. What are your thoughts? I see your hand up. Yeah, I was just gonna agree with what you guys were talking about. Is um, I hold quite a few dividend stocks. It's not. The majority of my portfolio but it's definitely a core piece and um yeah today the markets were down my dividend portion of the portfolio was actually up and like you guys were saying that's actually a classic example of capital kind of a flight to safety if you will it's, you know takes the profit off the riskier stuff goes to safer assets um and that's a really good sign it just means the market's consolidating we're not setting up for a longer or more you know um, you know, extreme downturn, just uh, money kind of shuffling around. So I always like seeing that. It's kind of like building the foundation for the next leg up. Totally agree. And this blizzard is fantastic. Hey, your mic sounds great this week, Blind Luck. Love to hear it. Yeah, thanks. I have one set of headphones that they sound amazing, but apparently the mic's super quiet. So I'll start using these. By the way, with yeah. the ice cream, my grandma used to say ice cream takes the fall away. And she's 94 years old, so she must be onto something. Yeah, she knows what she's doing. Nice, 94. I'd love to hear that. 
You mentioned dividend stocks, and I saw a dividend dog got, got on stage here. Was, I want to hear what the dividend dog is looking at these days. Like, I mentioned energy transfer, and I know you've been hot on that. So, yeah, what else are you looking at? What are your thoughts? Thanks for joining us. Hey, what's going on, Nate? Thanks for having me, man. Um, just energy right now, honestly, obviously awaiting for NVIDIA's earnings, but and that's not really a big uh, percentage of. The portfolio, we only got a couple of shares in our uh, in our long term account, so I'm not really too worried about it. But really, just setting myself up to uh, continue to hit XOM and ET, and I'm really just letting ET now um, compound its dividends. You know, just by me matching it every time I get paid a quarter, it'll give me an extra 80 shares a year just by whatever it's paying me. I think it's like 165 bucks. So that in all gives me around three about 300 bucks. So that'll help me, you know, compound that. And the back end while I go a tackle on um, the big one like XOM. Like I you know, I grabbed a share today. Really looking at Walmart, honestly, to add to. Um obviously I saw the Vizio buy come through today. Then they also are uh, really implementing their uh or gonna start implementing charging at the stores. So I feel like that's gonna help the charging infrastructure for EVs because I feel like everybody has given up on that sector. But I feel like one day that may make make a turnaround and then, you know, don't want to have any FOMO with that. But so just steady looking at the EV market, the charging structures like EVgo, I feel like that's a, it sounds like a horrible stock right now to invest in from the chart and P on PE perspective. But overall, I think, you know, that that company could overall, you know, have a huge, uh, huge input on the charging infrastructure across America. But like you mentioned, XLE is is uh, definitely starting to show some move. XOM is literally trending sideways for the past, like, I can't even tell you, two weeks, I would say. It's been 101, 103, and then I'll hit 104. I think it's hit 104 like three times um, this past, I think the past three months or so, or maybe the past month. But that's the, honestly, that's the main one that I'm just really just focusing on. It's just Exxon Mobile. I really think, you know, they really got a, um, a good, Good stock over there is trading at a fair value, I think. Um, Skis got a, a new rating today for $133 price target. So um, I got a dollar cost an average of like 99 bucks right now. So I'm trying to trying to get like 100 shares. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. I love it. Man, I really like how you're breaking down the, uh, the you're matching the dividends and then how that equates to your ability to add the total number of shares to the at the end of the year. Like that's yeah, the math yeah. right there, right? Yeah, that and I, I honestly have been trying. I tried that out with SCHD and ET, and then I'll start doing it with uh, DGRO as well as my dividends. You know, start to pick up there. But once you start matching it, if you're getting a share back, I mean, that it's only going to help you compound a little bit faster than yeah than the market. You know what I'm saying? And it also, you know, at the beginning of investing, it kind of holds you accountable especially when you're getting the alert on your phone. If you're busy, you know, working a nine to five, like all of us don't have time to look at the market, but you see that, Oh wow, I just got paid a dividend today from XOM. Let me go and match it either buy your share or I match the dividend payment. So just some cool and fun that I've been doing. I, you know, I started to see the shares now starting to compound just because I have a lot of shares of um, ET now, but another stock I've been looking at is not looking at, but I added to um, today was uh, Celsius too. Been getting, uh, been grabbing some shares of that. Oh yeah. At, I think I was at forty nine ninety nine, fifty bucks. That I when I first got into it, um, last month, and then you know right now it's at what sixty sixty three dollars. So, 
I like where Celsius is going. I mean, we see them everywhere in the grocery stores. You know, people are drinking one to two of these a day. They just got, they just actually got um, signed by, I think, Team Ferrari or something like that internationally. They've, you know, they've only been international um, for a month or so, and they've already had like a huge deal with a, um, a Formula One team to supply them, you know, with their drinks and stuff. So I feel like more, um, you know, retailers get their hands onto it or more celebrities continue to like promote it. I feel like that's only going to help the stock, you know, um, continue to push forward. And they obviously they're, they're doing really good revenue wise as well. And this is only from just like an America standpoint, they haven't even, you know, sold anything international just yet to really help, um, pump up those numbers. So Celsius and XOM are, are my, uh, my two right now that I, uh, that I like. And Amazon under 170. Why not? Hey, well, Amazon with the big news today, right? Uh, yeah, they're going into the Dow, right? Yeah, going to the Dow, getting Walgreens out. And uh, that's huge. You know, um, I think Jonah Lupton called that too, like earlier in January. I think I saw that post. Yeah, but, uh, yep, I saw that. That was, that was that? wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good call. So you mentioned a couple of things there. Uh, real quick on Celsius, like that, that name has been, I've, you know, talked about a lot. And um, and it's kind of one of those things where you wonder how much more it can run, but it certainly, like you said, there's, there's more addressable market that it hasn't tapped into yet. And I like where you bought it at, right? You bought it in the low fifties. I think I heard you say, and it's been finding support at 50 There's a volume shelf there. Um, after it had gapped up on earnings, uh, a few earnings calls ago, going back a couple of calls, it's, it's held 50 really firmly and tested it a few times. So that seems like a nice entry point anywhere in the low 50s. That's a, let's see where that goes. Um, yeah, but I'm excited to see where it goes. I mean, I, I love drinking them, so <laughs> I'm not putting <laughs> money into it, right? Yeah. What's yep. Celsius apart from like Red Bull or Monster? Like what's, um, what's the big excitement around it? Is there something different about it or is it just kind of the next big thing? It's a natural um, energy drink. They no sugar like all um, the Monster products and um, Red Bull products have. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, having it be natural. Yeah, you drink a Red Bull or Monster, it smells like a chemical cocktail of some kind. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, that makes more sense to me now. I've, I've been seeing the cans. I'm like, you know, what's what's this about? Why is everyone talking about this? What's different about it? So that that makes sense. Yeah, they even think... got like a green tea kind too. Sometimes I go on this, when I go to the gas station, I'm not like. <laughs> I'm looking, but like I'll be like, oh, let me just try this one here, and it's, I'll get in my car, crack it open. And it's a green tea version of the uh, of Celsius. So you got a green tea version, and you got a carbonated too for energy. Yeah, Celsius is great. Celsius is fantastic. the The flavors are really good. It's like sparkling water, like sparkling water energy drink. It's it's much different than the the Red Bull and the Monsters. I like the the jackfruit dividend. That's my favorite. Okay, does it have a lot of caffeine too, or is it just um, different altogether? I think it's got 200 milligrams of caffeine. Okay, that's a good amount. Yeah, that's a good amount. Okay. I'm going to be honest. I drink one in the morning, and, and I don't even take any pre-workout, and that's like my, my energy drink where I go to the gym. I used to, you know, back in my um, powerlifting days, I would be in the gym taking two scoops of pre-workout to the head. <laughs> just yeah, chugging water. Yeah, no, no explode, man. Yeah, all about it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, two hundred grams. That'd be about two and a half cups of coffee. So that, that's a decent amount. Yeah, I think when that's... it comes to Celsius, there's some institutional memory too. Sorry to chime in, guys. I came in late. Um, 
Uh, I know you guys started earlier. I was finishing up work, but I think there's some institutional memory with Celsius too, in the sense of, or what's the, I don't know what the right word is, some institutional sympathy. Because if you've been around long enough, Monster used to trade on the OTC uh, markets. I mean, you could buy you you were able to buy Monster for less. Than, I can't remember what its cheapest was, but it, you know, it was it was a a, a, a penny stock. Yeah. And uh, so there's people that retired off Monster the same way that people retired off of like Tilray and those and a couple of those crazy things that has happened. And I think, you know, the, I, I think Celsius is also a low float. Um, so people are interested in that. And there's always there's always the pump aspect and the, the volatility. But um, I think that's a part of the of the lure of uh, Celsius is for the old because, you know, I think it was 10 years ago that that happened with Monster. So I think I think that's a part of the psychologically it's a piece of the puzzle as well. Yeah, I think you nailed that too for sure. These are these are great names. Like I, I love that we're mixing it up here. I I don't want to like go back completely to energy, but there's an there's something I want to point out. And uh Dividend Dog, if you haven't checked this out, definitely would like to get your take at some point down the line. But uh in the ETF space, uh there's AMLP. And it's the it's got the pipeline names, you know, the transportation uh, energy names in it, and it has a nice yield. Like uh, I have to look at what it is. I think it's six percent last I checked, and it has just been powering higher. Like these, um, this... did you say NALP? Oh I'm no, sorry. good. I'm glad you interrupted me. No, no, A as an apple, M as a Mary, LP. Oh, there yeah, AMLP. No, that's good. And so, you know, what what it's really holding inside is, uh, in, you know, as far as the holdings are concerned, or um, let's see, what's a good way? To, yeah, the transportation, storage, and processing, right, uh, of oil, basically. And um, the the yield on okay. it is really why I'm in it, but the growth has been really nice. So uh, it's been a it's been a nice, uh, yeah, seven point eight four percent is the yield on this thing. And it's just been steadily climbing. You can look at the charts, beautiful. And it's making new highs here. I got above 45 today. So I just really like the way this is moving. I did not expect it to really get above 40 and do too much. I was like, I think my cost base is somewhere around 36 and it got to 40. I was thrilled, just collected 7%, you know, on top of that, but it's continuing to move. So I'd like to point that one out because I don't think it's on too many people's radars. And it's got a nice, easy trend line you can follow, right? If it breaks that trend, then possibly the, the trade is over. But it, the trend line goes all the way back to March of last year. So uh, AMLP, check that one out. Not financial advice, of course, but, you know, got to throw out the ideas, share our ideas, and make sure everybody's getting a chance to check it out. All right, so keeping things moving. Joe, yes, what, what, what do you got to add to the conversation, sir? Hey, um, Nate, and, and hey, team. Um... I'm, I'm going to just maybe change the tone of the conversation a little bit, hopefully not lower it. But, uh, you know, as you guys will remember, I, I don't really kind of, I don't trade. So I'll just kind of give you a quick, um, put it in context of, of the the topic is stocks you like. So I'm going to explain just a couple of stocks I like. Um, the, okay. context, the context is, um, you know, I already feel like my investment strategy, which is, you know, a little bit around real estate and then my own online business, um, I, I don't look to diversify um, too much with stocks. Um, what I'm looking for is to get uh, exposure, more exposure to a few companies. 
And, you know, I'm really looking for that um, sort of a 10, 10x um, return over the next 10, even 20 years. Um, that, that sort of comes out of my experience of kind of um, being around while Amazon and, and Netflix and those kind of companies grow, uh, grew. Um, so I really like uh, networks. Um, I really like businesses that have that kind of buy sell side um, uh, opportunities because I, I feel like they, they build up attraction and they build a moat around, um, around their business. And, and we saw that happen, right, with Amazon that once more people started buying, then more people started selling uh, through Amazon. And, and uh, you know, so they kind of cornered, captured a huge um, part of the market. And then, then the growth from there was, um, was exponential. So I'm kind of like looking for those kind of companies. Um, something I mentioned to you, Nate, and, um, you know, I would love to talk about maybe at a different time, but uh, I find it's harder now to find small cap opportunities um, because of the way that IPOs work. Um, it just seems like they've found a way to gear them so that um, the companies don't list um, less than $2 billion now. They seem to find a way to, to list the companies at $10 billion valuation or, or even $100 billion valuation. So sometimes now what I'm looking for is, is um, the kind of companies I like when they're um, not favored and the, and the value declines, for example. And if I have a look into, into why, if I, if I still have confidence in the stock, then I just keep buying um, these ones. So, so with that kind of background, um, the stocks that I really like um, and have liked for a long time now is I, I really like um, a couple in e-commerce. So I really like um, Shopify. And I know someone mentioned um, Mercado Libra at the start. And, um, you know, I've been, that's, that one has been in my portfolio now for, for a while as well. So I just really like those two stocks. Um, Shopify has been um, hammered a bit. Uh, because they had to, you know, downsize. Um, but I feel like their um, their positioning in the market is really good. So that's just a company that I really like um, more than, you know, I guess what I'm really telling you is companies that I like to invest in over the long term. Um, and then Airbnb is one that I just like, just, you know, love that model. Um, when it listed, um, that was a great example of an IPO where it was just super highly valued when it first came on and then it dropped. Uh, and that was when I invested into it. Um, so those are those three, um, Shopify, Airbnb, and Mercado Libra. So that's the kind of, um, you know, small um, portfolio that I like to focus on and just and just be really, really uh, long-term focused. I don't trade and I'm just going to hold those stocks for the next 10 or 20 years. Yeah, Joe, I love it. And uh, those names you're going through there in particular, um, definitely I'm a big fan of. And... Uh, I, I want to in particular mention, so you mentioned Mercado Libre. That's one that I know we had. Oh, yeah, we still got the Emperadora here. So we'll, I want to hear some more thoughts there too as well. But Mercado Libre to me is super interesting because they just dominate the market that they're in. Um, and from what I understand, and, you know, this is just me reading and researching, but um, yeah, they and they're getting to every space. So it's like if you're transacting in any kind of way whether it's pulling money out or buying something or as a shop owner or what have you i think they cover all bases if i'm understanding correctly and i think there's you know massive growth potential there um just from what i've read right i think it's worth looking into is what i'm saying and when you're talking about e-commerce um because that's some of the stuff you're, you're getting into joe um there's another name that has been beat 
I mean, just absolutely beat down. Maybe it'd be worth looking into um, if you're interested. It's and I have no idea how to say this. I've heard it six different ways, I feel like, but it's either Jumia or Jumia Technologies, J-M-I-A. I mean, this thing was all the way up, uh, you know, in the in the heat of things and everything was when all stocks are really at their their peaks here in 2020, 2021, they had gotten over, I think, $30. I mean, maybe even higher. I don't recall exactly where. Um, oh, yeah, let's see. I've got it right here. Oh, it got all the way up to $70 to share, right? So, I mean, it got way out of hand there, way ahead of it, over skis. But recently, it found it, you know, it found the bottom. I mean, you, you guys aren't looking at a chart. I'm I'm telling you, you're hearing me correctly. Got down to, that's the Amazon of Africa, right? Yeah, that's, that one. that's what it is. And it got down to 250 a share. I mean, from 70, right? It's it's tanked, and uh, yeah, and it's it's exactly right. The Amazon of Africa, I think, is it has being described. And the most recent earnings call was super positive. That's why I'm bringing it up. And you can see in the chart, it, it gained 30 percent um, on that call, and uh, it it's basically went through the last year restructuring, um, just kind of resetting everything so that it can be uh, positioned correctly for growth and advancement moving forward. So yeah, JMIA, Joe, have you heard of that one? Um, I, I haven't. So this is, that's a great, um, it wasn't on my radar, um, but I do have a, a short, a quick story um, about these these kind of models. Um, so we, we tried to build um, kind of a Craigslist uh, listing in Southeast Asia back in the 2000s. And I, and I had some experience with that. And when we were doing that, um, uh, one of the guys who was working on it with me uh, came down to New Zealand, where I'm from, and met with a company that um, set up, uh, he got uh, $100,000 from his dad. And he uh, created New Zealand's kind of Craigslist um, listing site. And he sold that for um 800 million uh, uh australian dollars so i'm going to guess that's around say 500 million um U us dollars but the main thing is he blocked out the whole market so we don't have ebay in in new zealand um amazon is is not in new zealand he's it's just it's a small country but he's just completely dominated because you you get that um that brand recognition and just one of the really interesting things about this model is um, they didn't start charging for anything until they had 65% of the total population using it. So just imagine something, you know, like you build up a network and you have 65% of an of a entire country using it, um, but they don't start uh, doing that because, you know, as soon as they start charging for anything, uh, say, for example, a premium listing, um, you, you know, you diminish the people using it for, for a time. And so they've got to get that critical mass. And that's what I really love about these businesses is once they get that um, that critical mass, um, that they they build that moat and they become unassailable. So you know, um, you've got geographic um, location, you know, moats that you can build. Um, South America, Africa. Um, that friend of mine who um, kind of came down to New Zealand, learned all that stuff. He actually went on later on and built it and sold one um, himself just in Thailand. Uh, sold it for thirty million and retired. So yeah, I love these models. I love the the uh, network economy of scale. I love your stories, Joe. You always bring it. Man. <laughs> that's super Thank you. Yeah, man, that's good stuff. If you guys aren't following Joe, he's always got great information to share. He's got quite the experience uh, just 
I'm always interested and fascinated. So it's good stuff. And I love getting all this perspective. We got traders, we got long-term investing, um, you know, thoughts on on all, all different perspectives. So uh, definitely love to hear it. We got a few other folks we haven't gotten to on the panel. By the way, if you haven't already, be sure to give all these guys a follow. Just, you know, people generous with their time and, and sharing their knowledge and experiences and your timeline will benefit from it, I promise you. So uh, yeah, give them a follow. And uh, I'm gonna throw it over here to Sean. We haven't heard from Sean before, but appreciate you tuning in and, and jumping on stage with us, Sean. Did you have any thoughts on what we've been talking about tonight or what would you like to add? Well, I, um, you know, as you know, I, I came in late, so we're we're sharing our 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 picks. Is that what's going on? Well, you know what, we I keep it pretty loose on uh, on these spaces, right? Like, yeah, we're talking about our the different stocks that we like and some we don't. We're also talking a little bit about Nvidia earnings and the market being kind mm. of extended, right? And, and what our thoughts are around that. So. Yeah, if you have uh, if you have any particular like, sectors, I was talking about the energy sector being attractive. So, but then there's also you know we're at this extended period. We we're talking about that a little bit where we're moving okay. Forward. So yeah, whatever your thoughts are in general, love sure. Sure. Well, as as most of you guys, well, I don't know if people do know, I'm trading psychology is kind of my my thing. I've been a therapist a long time, a lot longer than I've been a trader. But um, in terms of the market lately, that I. I the things that I'm looking at, there's, I guess there's three things that have me curious, the, especially now that Amazon is going into the Dow, because there was a huge call by into Amazon, like last week, uh, like 5 million bucks into May, I, th I don't know, I, I, I started to position into it, I um, I think it's red at the moment, but it's, you know, something I'm going to scale into probably the rest of this month. Um, so that interests me a lot. And especially now that that happened, obviously someone knew that was happening. Shocker. Um, you know, not financial advice disclaimer. And then the sector sector wise, it looks like maybe there's some rotating, you know, uh, financial banks have been getting hit. Uh, healthcare started getting movement today. Uh, some, there were some dark pools that went into some larger dark pools into uh unh and um i can't remember if it was the one what's pfizer's little brother they call it novo or something oh no oh man <laughs> you just, you just i just lost it novavax is that what they make the nova disc it's like nov i think nova nordisk yeah i think so but they're partnered they make the uh one of those weight loss drugs, they do that together. But oh, gotcha. there's, an, there's an interesting thing coming with them that they make a drug for, they're, they're making a drug for schizophrenia. And now schizophrenia is not a common disease. However, and this is, this is gonna, however, it's, it's a disease that you have for your entire life. Unfortunately, you don't, you don't get rid of schizophrenia. So medication wise, they have this drug coming out that says that has a different mechanism of action than any other antipsychotic has ever had, or, and even the, what they call atypical antipsychotics. And it's, um, it's mechanism of action is supposed to, it's showing results so far that makes people have less of the side effects that are really undesirable. 
and it intervenes on these symptoms called, um, they're called negative symptoms of schizophrenia. There's, there's two types, there's positive and negative, not that the positive are good, they're just two different types. But there's no med that really intervenes on the negative symptoms, which, which are things like people with schizophrenia sometimes appear to be, you know, like a little zombie, like their face is real flat. Um, it, inter it helps with these, with these, these types of symptoms. So between the fact that it helps with, with symptoms that other drugs don't, it doesn't cause weight gain. It, it's a different mechanism of action. It apparently has fewer side effects and it's a drug people have to be on their whole life. I'm, you know, on top of all the, all the stuff they're doing with those weight loss drugs, you know, they just came up with the new version of Ozempic. It starts with a Z. I can't remember it right now, but you know, I'm definitely interested in those. So those are the things that have my attention. And of course, you know, I, you know, I'm looking at NVIDIA like anything else, like does it create another mania? This mania has been great. I love to ride people's madness um, and kind of look at it from the outside. And, and you know, it got frothy. You know, hopefully a lot of us got out and we're kind of waiting and seeing. Um, so that has me interested. But that's that's kind of what's got my attention right now for the most part. Nice, I love it. It's a uh, it's one of those environments too where I think if rates do get cut later in the year, you'll see some uh, improved activity in some of these names, right? Because they can borrow cheaper and oh, yeah. it helps their bottom line. So it's definitely interesting to be looking at it from that perspective. Yeah, I don't think we really address it, you know looked at that too much. So that's good stuff. What was the ticker? You, you, did you recall what ticker that was that you were talking about specifically? Or did yeah, I let me uh, let me look at Trading View. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> Novo Nordisk, I think is the oh, name. Oh yeah, Novo yeah, that's one of the largest companies in the EU. Actually, it's um, it's a pretty good sized firm. I'm pretty sure that's Novo Nordisk. Yeah, how does yeah. it say? I think they're Danish, aren't they? Yeah, they're 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 a, a massive massive company. They're one of the biggest companies in yeah, the world. Yeah, huge. Nov. Oh no, I prefer croissant. Nvo. 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 Yeah. Yeah, they're bigger than Pfizer and any of those. Oh, they are. But yeah, oh. yeah. But that that is interesting though, because um, you, you know, with schizophrenia, you said um, the important thing is you said uh, you know, you have that for life, Correct. and so you know, a, a drug company looks at that and says, okay, yeah, repeat business. Yes. You know, I want I want to do I want to take care of diabetics. I want to take care of schizophrenics. Yeah. You know, Just something that you basically you're being able to hear people, and then I can't. Uh, Oh, is that you, Shark? Yeah. If if you're if you're able to hear people and you can't, you kind of, or if that was you, Sean, just drop down and I'll bring you back up because space is being a little glitchy. But yeah, go ahead, Paul. I got you loud and clear. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. I had I've had some issues with spaces today too. I I had to just like completely restart the app. Okay. Uh, but but yeah, the, those types of uh, things, you know, like Eli Lilly with uh, diabetic medication. You know, the, these sorts of companies they're looking they're not looking for cures they're looking for repeat customers so that's definitely interesting so novo nordisk is coming out with a new drug for that very yeah very interesting my one of my um, best trades last year was ab was abt um huge huge uh money flow and uh you know they make that uh that diabetic thing that's like a you stick it in your arm and then you can tap your phone against it and it tells you all your numbers for diabetes i mean that thing ran if you look up abt it yeah. chopped and then just ran along the eight ema on the daily for like two months it was it was it was great 
That's incredible. Wow. Yeah, it's a continuous that's awesome. monitor, I think is what it's called. Um, Thank yeah, you, yeah. Useful. Hey, uh, I want to get back to something you said earlier, Nate, about the rate cuts. Um, yeah. I, I do want to caution people on thinking that when the rates get cut, the easy money will stimulate the stock market. Um, we have to ask ourselves, why did the rates get cut? Um, yeah, rates good, are, yeah if the rates good call. Cut, I'm glad you're bringing this up. Sorry yeah. to interrupt, but this is important. Yeah. yeah. So if, if rates are cut because inflation's under control, employment's good, all that, what you said is exactly correct. However, if rates are cut because um, unemployment spiking, um, the economy struggling, and we need to stimulate it, um, you know, we know that China is in a recession. Europe's largely in a recession. Um, a lot of these countries are starting to slip. You know, Japan just now they're in a recession. If that spreads to America, and we're like, oh snap, we got five, six percent unemployment. We need, we need to drop these rates to get the economy kickstarted again. Um, you're going to see the stock market tank, even though. Uh, rates are lower. The credit market's going to seize up. It's going to be hard to get banks to even lend you money, just even if the rates are cheap. And um, it, it may not have the effect you think. So just keep that in mind. The broader picture is very important when we're talking rates. The Fed likes to keep rates as high as possible because it gives them buffer. If uh, we do have an economic issue, they can cut those rates. That's their that's their tool. So they don't want to just cut rates unnecessarily. They typically do it because they have to. And it's usually not good news for us. So just Bigger picture, just be very careful on making rate assumptions. Yep, wise words indeed, man. Uh, it, it, it all depends on, it's this context to it all, for sure. So that is definitely wise words. Appreciate you saying that, Lila. And um, yeah, great stuff all the way around. Let's see who, Paul, thanks for joining, man. Jumping right in there. Glad you could join us this evening, for sure. Um, the, I know, man, I've heard you going all day. You're like a non-stop my man <laughs> yeah it's been been a lot of fun all day uh son is son is sick he fell fell asleep on me on the couch so didn't want to stir him um so yeah that's why i was late but uh yeah hope hope everyone's having a good time tonight um uh, did we talk about uh roku did we talk about walmart did we talk about Vizio? no so you're talking yeah these are all great uh things to bring up and i would love to hear your thoughts there. so you're so to touch on it, Walmart reported, right? And they and they said they're buying Vizio, but I miss Roku. Is that is that related or is Roku separate? Yeah, so Walmart bought Vizio or you know, they're they they've reached an agreement. You know, there's it's it's uh pending on uh, regulators, you know, and if Vizio somehow gets like a uh, a more more uh premium offer you know they can they can sort of break break it you know there, there are some pitfalls but it's probably going to be a done deal um and, and the the market you know re really like that with walmart like their earnings uh that they had a nice shoot up there i think it's like two billion or so uh not that much compared to you know walmart whose many standard deviations larger and uh and roku took a big hit there uh, the, the market did not like that. Um, cause you know, Walmart's going to start crowding out Roku for their market share. So Roku's gonna, you know, right now I think they've got a presence in like half of American homes. So, um, you know, Roku might have to pivot, you know, Walmart's going to, you know, obviously they've, they've got their own, uh, they, well, they have their own TV in maker in house, but the important thing is like the OS, like the software, all the other the, the the ad services that type of stuff um you know which is what they're buying with vizio and roku that's what roku does uh they do a lot of the same stuff so roku took a hit and so 
you might start to see, um, you, you know, I, I'm wondering, I, I want to ask the panel. I mean, we could see, see what people think. Do you think Roku is an acquisition target? I think their market cap is like $9 billion right now or so. Uh, presence in half American homes. I know that, um, you know, just kind of like the consumer phones uh, have sort of shrunk down. So right now, like with TV OSs, well, so I, uh, there's yeah, like, I, I, there's, there's tons of different models right now. And, and oh, oh, one second. And, and so with PCs, you know, there's like Apple, there's uh, Windows, there's Linux, you know, there, it's sort of the whole, the whole sector sort of shrunk down to, to three players. Same thing with phones. You know, you used to have all these other things, and now it's sort of shrunk down to sort of an oligopoly. Um, you know, and that's probably going to happen with TVs as well. Um, but, but yeah, blind luck. What, what were you uh, saying yeah, about that? This is super relevant. I literally bought a new TV yesterday. Um, a nice Samsung, um, about hundred or one thousand five hundred dollars, whatever. Um, but you know, I have all the smart TV stuff built right in. So it's like, what do I need a Roku or Apple TV for? And it kind of reminds me of. Um, what was the company called? Um, it wasn't called Square. It's the one that makes those like tags for your keychains. And then Apple came out with their Air Tags, and like all of a sudden, Apple Phone and Apple Tile. iPad and all that have the locators built right in. Yeah, Tile. Thank you. Tile. Yeah. And so now Tile is almost irrelevant, right? You know, Google's doing the same thing. So I almost feel like Roku's like the next Tile, where the OEMs will just build it right into their product. It's just a feature. It's not a product, right? Well, um, Roku Roku does make TVs though. There are Roku branded. T- I actually have one. Uh, they're okay. Roku branded TVs that are built in that are made by Roku. It's it's. I think they're partnered with TCL maybe or TLC. Okay, that's interesting. But yeah, if Samsung's you know able to do it. Sony's able to do it. LG's able to do it. You know, does that shrink Roku's market share? Perhaps um, something to think about. Yeah, and the yeah, good Paul. And they they've got the. Um... I think Roku does like the soft, the smart part of many of those brands out there, like TCL, Insignia, Hisense. There's probably a bunch of other ones. Well, that could be, a huge you know, there are there yeah, are if some. They can just license their software, then they only have production costs. I mean, that could be a huge win if that's what they're doing. They're already doing that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they're mar- they're they're in like ha- they've got some sort of presence in like half of American homes. So a lot of times that you. You like you might buy a TV and it's and and Roku is on the back end, um, you know, working with that manufacturer already, uh, whether with the OS stuff or or ad stuff or data collection stuff. Um, but so so it's pretty uh, pretty interesting it, to me. It's a pretty in- interesting acquisition target because because I know a lot of people think that Roku is is not long for this world, but you know they've got their fingers in a lot of in a lot of pies so. I'm interested if you see like a Target or a Costco or an Amazon, uh, maybe maybe uh, strengthen their partnership with them. Yeah, um, oh, good. I was gonna say R- Roku. I think has got a lot bigger presence than a lot of people realize. Um, in the it's in the cheaper end of TVs as well. So the more affordable range, those are a lot of the, the TVs that people are buying. Your everyday consumer that are buying, you know the the 40 inch, uh, 47 inch TVs that have Roku automatically built into it. And they're usually on the cheaper end. The, the brands that you've mentioned are usually on the cheaper end of the spectrum as well. The Hisense and those. Um, but I, I think they have a lot out there. And also Vizio kind of, they kind of had their hands in in the bucket with Walmart already. Because if, if you went to Walmart anytime over the last five to 10 years, you saw a very big presence of Vizio branded TVs. 
So that I think they already kind of had a uh, a handshake type of deal. I don't know if anything was on paper. Yeah. And if you would have asked me a month ago, oh, does Walmart own Vizio? I would have said, yeah, of course they do. You know, like there you go. Yeah. Like I didn't think Vizio. I didn't even know necessarily that Vizio was its own independent, you know, company. I I thought it was. I actually already thought it was already owned by a big player. So a lot of this TV stuff, I'm sort of learn, learning sure. uh, right and, now. And Amazon, of course, they have the Fire TV, so they have their own. So it, they wouldn't be. But if you know one of the other ones you mentioned, maybe. Uh, strikes up a partnership it'd be interesting to watch with roku i don't think roku's uh uh going anywhere i mean yeah it sold off pretty hard if you go back to the uh, the original news of that came out last last week after hours i believe it was on wednesday or thursday somewhere in there um it came out that this was going to happen and then of course they confirmed it in the earnings call just to give some context on the the vizio walmart deal Good stuff, guys. Good stuff. I love it. And uh, Sean, I love repping the tiles, man. Good thing. <laughs> I saw that comment. Yeah, five tiles. Dig it. Um, tiles for life. <laughs> good stuff. It was a good idea, which is why it was exactly stolen. right. <laughs> exactly. I, mean, yep. I haven't looked at the stock, but how's that stock doing after um, you know the future was implemented into other people? It's tiles? You're saying for tiles? I don't know. Are they publicly traded? Is that public? I didn't catch that. I think, I think they are. Yeah. Is yeah, that it's a thirty bucks interface ink interface? Yeah, exactly. Thirty bucks, oh. thirteen seventy-eight. Yep. Oh, it's literally the ticker is tile. That's amazing. <laughs> That's how, they're not dead. Yet. <laughs> they're not dead yet. Look at that. Yeah, show us some light. That's actually their new. That's actually their new slogan. I just checked their website. We're not dead yet. Oh, get out! That's awesome. Yeah, that's, I'm joking. That's I'm funny, man. That's funny. Uh, you you could have got me there because I'm staring at the chart, just impressed by uh, this recent run it's been on since uh, summer last year. So interesting. Tile. <laughs> um, that's too too obvious of a ticker for me. I never would have found that. Hey, we got a. Uh, we got another new name uh, in the mix tonight. I see Reap is on stage. Reap Insights, thanks. You, I'm glad you could join. Any uh, thoughts or comments in particular on what we're talking about? We're just talking about stocks we're interested in and uh, comments on you know, heading into NVIDIA earnings tomorrow. Anything you'd like to add or highlight as far as sectors or names you're looking at? Yeah, one of the areas that we've been kind of looking at is cargo shipping companies. Oh, and interesting. So, yeah. So. So one of the ones in particular is Zim. And the reason why we're looking at that company is relative to comparable companies. Um, it's undervalued. Um, there's a variety of reasons. One is it's based in Israel. So obviously that's a contentious area. Um, but then in addition, they do shipping uh, out of the Red Sea. So that's been an area that's seen some turmoil. So we've kind of been looking at some of the fundamentals. I mean, uh, you can compare it either price to earnings or you could do uh, free cash flow to value. And across a, an assortment of different metrics, if you compare it to Maersk or um, some of the other large cargo shipping companies, uh, it seems to be undervalued. We're not sure if has to do with, they did a write down uh, due to 
some of their fixed assets are looking to convert them to be more eco-friendly. Um, but we're not too sure what our position will be yet, but that's something that we've been looking at. Give me that ticker again. So, so it, uh, it's Zim, Z-I-M. Oh, yeah, Zim. Z-I-M. Thanks. Yeah. So, so, so go ahead, Jim's been on my radar for a different Sorry, reason. Guys. It's it's on my radar for a different reason is the dividends. I mean, compared to the other uh, freight companies, the shipping companies, they've got a pretty fat dividend. I think their yield is their their dividend yield is um, pretty pretty hefty comparatively. It's not like five percent or something. It might even be ten x that. So last year, uh, Zim did uh, almost a thirty percent. So they were giving out six dollars and forty cents on the uh, on each stock as dividend. This was back, I believe, first quarter of twenty twenty three, and the stock was trading around the twenty twenty one dollar range. And after the dividend payout, the stock pretty much slid down from there onwards, and which was expected. Yeah, it's a, that's a pretty incredible dividend. I think probably comparatively to the other shippers out there. Yeah, and no, I like this company. I've looked at it before. I don't correct me if I'm wrong. They're not real big on shipping stuff out of China, if, if I'm not mistaken, um, which has been one of the kind of headwinds that other shippers have been facing because they have a lot of assets that used to do the kind of Pacific route. And as we've been importing less stuff from China, they've been kind of getting their margin squeezed. So Zim seems to be somewhat insulated from that or even benefiting perhaps. Nice. This is a name that has not been on my radar. I, I'm more familiar with, uh, I mean, I definitely would like to look at names in the space. Costa Mari is another name that I've, you know, that's in the same sector that I've, I've had my eyes on. And I don't own any of it currently. But, yeah, Zim, is, I like that we're, we're shifting gears here a little bit because this is a, a space that not everybody's paying attention to as far as transportation goes and, uh, and shipping and cargo. So, yeah, that's good stuff, man. And the and the chart's interesting because it did have, you know, a pretty steady decline and it looks like it's trying to pick up and find a bit of a bottom, but the same kind of formation happened, you know, towards the end of 22 and then it didn't quite, you know, follow through. It's like almost like a failed cup and handle from a technical perspective. So, you know, I'm I'm purely talking technicals here. It sounds like uh, you guys have done a little bit more uh, on the fundamental side for sure. So that's interesting. It's now on my radar, and I appreciate you bringing Zim to the attention. And thanks for joining us, Reef. Um, We do these every Tuesday evening, 8 Eastern, right? And uh, it's, we had a great panel tonight, you guys. A lot of people joining. And uh, so it's, it's great to have everybody's perspective. Carl, got you up here as well. I don't want to I don't want to miss you. I know like we had Frank up here. I don't think I got to Frank fast enough. I might have to get faster at this, you guys. Um, but <laughs> Carl, anything you'd like to add to the mix? I don't know if you own NVIDIA. I don't remember talking to you about NVIDIA, but any other stocks or sectors you're looking at at the moment? I don't own NVIDIA right now, um, but I one stock I just bought a little recently uh, for my kids because my son loves cars so much is Ferrari. Uh, and Race. there's... Their ticker is race, and uh, like we talked about last week, I didn't just buy it because I like Ferraris. I actually did some research into it first, and this this stock is just a compound growth machine. I mean, I'm looking at the uh, the the CAGR for the last 
five years, and it's compounding at over 25% a year. Uh, you know, the only other car brand that can top that is Tesla, pretty much. Never and, heard of it. Yeah, yeah, that, that uh, <laughs> is that a micro cap Tesla? <laughs> um, <laughs> but not only that, uh, the dividends have also compounded at a 20% annual rate, too. Um, they're just an unbelievable c- company that um, maintains that luxury. You never see you never see a Ferrari commercial because they say that their you know their customers don't look at ads, right? Um, they uh, they purposely only sold a little less than fourteen thousand cars last year, and they still grow their revenue year over year. Revenue was up seventeen percent last year. Um, diluted EPS was up thirty six percent. The gross margins about fifty percent. Um, they're just crushing it year after year, and I, you know, I I like the stock. To quote Roaring Kitty, um, it's uh, <laughs> I bought that's it. Simple, in, right? Sometimes it's it, not simple. Exactly. I mean, I bought it in the low three hundreds a few months ago, and it's at three ninety now. They just um, they just brought over the top uh, F1 racing star over to their, to their yeah, team. I was going to say, did you know Hamilton was going before you bought? Is that what's going on? That's I did. Found, uh, yeah, Lewis Hamilton went, left Mercedes for Ferrari. That's right. big That's a big deal, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just uh, I've been really happy owning it so far, and uh, I think it's going to do well, and maybe uh, maybe one day my kids will buy a Ferrari or buy me a Ferrari even better <laughs> that's the goal that's the with, goal. with their earnings on the stock nice man this thing has moved really well and i mean like you said it's a compounding machine and uh i i, I feel like i look at this uh at, at race you know ferrari every qu- couple of quarters and feel like i should have bought more and i never do and and now it's gapped up, so I'm going to feel again like, ah, oh, I should just right. wait for it to fill a gap, and it probably just going to take off on me. You know, one yeah, of those look, the, the only The only thing, the only drawback that I saw was that it was expensive. I mean, it's, uh, you know, its forward earnings was 45 or so, uh, which is which is more expensive than stocks I usually buy. But I said to hell with it, uh, you, you know. I mean, it's a luxury brand. Might as well pay a little extra for for the stock, and it's been very rewarding for me so far. So let's hope that ride continues. You know, it's kind of like Costco's, right? Like if you don't buy it, it just keeps going up and to the right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, you know it. Blind luck's paying attention. I like it. Hey, guys, who else has anything else before we wrap this one up? We've run a solid close to 90 minutes, which I love because we had great speakers, great ideas. Sean, you got something else you like to add? Yeah, well, I have a correction. <laughs> nice. Oh, that. So that schizophrenia drug, it is not no it's not uh nov it's karuna therapeutics which is krtx and it clearly already ran i just became aware of this drug recently but i was just doing some research and vanderbilt announced some breakthroughs in november and there's a there were some rumors back to august and if you look at the chart looks terrible right now um so yeah, it's up 126% since August. 
<laughs> and then uh, from, this, from a couple weeks ago, it's up. It, it basically ripped up uh, 43% in one week. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was why I was thinking it was a, a, a the smaller, the, that it was smaller than uh, Pfizer because it is a small company, but they are doing big things. But actually, all of that 43% was a gap up overnight. I so saw you didn't that. even have, you, you just had to swing it. Yeah. Yeah. And they had a gap, a huge gap up in 2022. Was, August is when the first ever rumor about some new schizophrenia drug came out. That's interesting too. But anyway, sorry, thinking out loud. So sorry for the bad info. No, no, I appreciate no, I appreciate, it. No, I appreciate yeah, I appreciate it. the the correction follow up there. And this that charge, yeah, that exploded. So hey, real quick before we do uh wrap like AJ, I saw the architect is here with us and I'm glad you could join. We gotta get you up here uh, more often if we got we'll figure out some better timing. But if you guys haven't already, I pulled you up here. I know we're gonna wrap but uh, I just wanted to get you up here and get make sure everybody who maybe hasn't already crossed paths with the architect, if you're interested in just learning more about trading and markets, and uh, I mean, there's there's none better as far as I've seen recently with respect to hosting spaces. There's a ton, you know, you know me, I'm I'm locked in with Wolf Financial, and his spaces are about a number of different things. But when you're looking for just purely trading talk. Uh, yeah, the architect's been doing some some impressive stuff. So hey, thanks for joining us today. Anything you want to comment on? The I appreciate it, Martin, and uh, you're like right in the middle of the dinner time, my wife. So I was going to be and uh, we got out late because we started watching a, uh, some new Netflix series. I forgot the name, but it's like the the woman moves to Miami is a drug lord. Anyways, long story short, we're, I'm here now. So thank you, <laughs> thank you for uh, thank you for that kind comment. I really do appreciate it. I was listening in the background for the last ten fifteen, and I figured let me get one quick word in. So next time I'll try to be here earlier. Appreciate. Appreciate the shout out. But yeah, I listen to a lot of you guys. Great work. Um, <clears throat> my only downside is I don't I don't trade like the rest of you guys. So sadly, I don't have uh, the the long term viewpoints that some of you folks have, which I wish I did, to be honest, because it would allow me to to make judgments on on styles and trading and, and volumes and breakouts and breakdowns kind of just stick to more of a week to week, a month to month uh, analysis on on the way gamma and delta is moving the markets and where the pivots are. So there's pros and cons of that trading. The con being, I don't have long-term viewpoints, sadly. So I learned from the rest of you guys. I appreciate all your, all the knowledge that you guys drop on, on long-term views. Um, Cause honestly, that that's the downside to this style of trading. You're very, very limited to like month to month timeframe. Um, so pros and cons. Yeah. Of, I appreciate you throwing, um, throwing me up here for a minute. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Appreciate you joining. And uh, that's what this space is all about, is getting all the different perspectives. Like, we've got folks up here that trade the day trade, swing trade. We've got long-term investors, concentrated investors, people selling options for premiums, futures traders. And we just like all the different perspectives. Like, that's what this is about. So glad you could jump on, even if it's just for this last couple of minutes. And uh, yeah, I mean, you got to enjoy dinner with the missus. Like, no fault for that, right? That's <laughs> yeah, good stuff. And and spaces, guys. I know if you haven't met me before, again, I'm 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 like Nate said. Um, I ask I ask anyone randomly to come up and never be shy. That's how I run all my spaces. Uh, you don't need to know me to talk. I'm not that type. I'm not that exclusive. It's not an echo chamber. Um, I never was trained that way. So don't ever feel that you need to 
personally know me to have a conversation. If you see me hosting something, just hit the button, come up, give your give your thoughts, and honestly, challenge me. Uh, I want to be challenged with my sort of thinking. Um, that's that's the best thing that I would ask for. If you if you run across paths with me, challenge me. Don't ever don't don't ever just listen to anything that I'm saying. Love yeah, it's great. And, and to to what Nate said, uh, yeah, I mean. He, we appreciate your perspective and, you know, you, you, you trade a different way than some of, some of us, but some of us don't even trade, you know, some of us are just long-term investors. So like, you know, we've got a whole medley, you've got a whole mix of, uh, of people that are interested in just helping each other out. And, and so, yeah, yeah, you, your, your, uh, your knowledge base, your expertise, uh, you, you know, it's, it's, it's certainly welcome here. And, and uh, I'm sure, I'm sure what you would have to say, what do you have to share? If, if given the time sometime, you know, would, would be uh, interesting and, and uh, valuable to a lot of people here. Yeah, so. most definitely. And usually I throw stuff up in the morning. So if you're ever awake before market, like the first hour and you're bored, just look for me on the space. I usually have something up and running for 830, 930, because I know some people wake up early and do their analysis. That's, that's the thing I like to do just to time pass because I'm up and I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Good stuff, guys. This has been another great, great space. Uh, a lot of great knowledge shared. If you missed it, you know, be sure to check the recording and follow follow every, uh, everybody up here. All the speakers have taken time to share their knowledge and, and what their thoughts are on current stocks and markets. I'll also be uh, posting the recording to my, you know, via my newsletter. I just do the audio there. And um, obviously this is audio, so there you go. And uh, so that'll drop as well if you missed it. You got that pinned at the top. And until next time, which will be tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern, we'll be talking about uh, wealth building. That's what we do on our Wednesdays, um, Tuesdays, trading talk, talking markets. Wednesdays, we like to talk about wealth building. And tomorrow, we're going to be talking, you know, in particularly about making time for making money, right? Because that's one of the hardest things to figure out is, yeah, I want to make money. I want to get extra dollars in my account. But, you know, I only have 24 hours in a day and it's hard to do, right? That's like. I got a family, I got mouths to feed, I got a lot going on. So there's secrets to this. There's there's systems you can work out. There's uh, networks you can build and processes. So we're going to get into some of that and uh, share some of the secret sauces. Be sure to tune in. That's tomorrow, 8 Eastern. I'll wrap it here. And again, be sure you're following all these great speakers. Thanks, guys, for your time tonight. And I will catch you next time. Have a good one, buddy. Good game, everyone. Take care, guys. Thanks, all. Thank Bye. you. Bye, Sharky.